What's up, everybody? And Marcus, what's up with you, man? How's the trade going? Hey, Sean. Let's do this. Ready? Let's do it. Let's get into it. Uh, this is a new uh, short-form version of Bitcoiner's Guide. Uh, this is episode 11. And uh, Bitcoiner's Guide is the show that we wish we would have had when we first started learning about Bitcoin. So we made it for you. Uh, we're your host, Big Sean Harris and Plan Marcus. This is going to be a good show. It's going to be kind of quick and it's going to be fun uh, just to Price stamp, timestamp today is Wednesday, May 4th, 3.39 p.m. in Mountain Standard Time. Bitcoin's price is 39000 and some change, almost $40,000. So it's up about 5.21% in the last 24 hours. And, uh, you know, price is doing what it's doing. It's moving around that 40000 range. So... Uh, we wanted to get into some news today, and that's what we're about to do. The biggest news of today, uh, as I share my screen, uh, give me one second, actually, before I share, uh, was the Federal Reserve raised rates. They, so uh, the Washington Post has an article, and it says the Fed hikes rates by half a percentage point and fight against inflation. Uh, so a lot of times you hear people say 50 basis points. That's also the same as half of a percentage point. In the news article in the Washington Post, it says the Federal Reserve raised interest rates Wednesday by half a percentage point and scaled back other pandemic era ec economic supports, strengthening its efforts to fight the highest inflation in 40 years while vowing to keep up the pressure as Americans continue to struggle. Inflation is much too high, Federal Chair Jerome H. Powell said at a Wednesday after news conference. We understand the hardship it is causing and we are moving expeditiously to bring it back down. We have both the tools we need and the resolve that it will take to restore price stability on behalf of American families and businesses. Um, one more thing, this last paragraph. Oh. The rate increase is the sharpest since 2000 and the second of seven hikes forecast for this year. Powell added during a news conference that additional interest rate hikes as high as 0.5 percentage points are on the table in the, in the coming months. But he also said that the Fed board has not seriously discussed even higher interest rate hikes major financial markets edged higher during his remarks, which is pretty interesting. That normally doesn't happen. So Marcus, what's, uh, what's your take, uh, or at least the beginning of your take on, on what the Fed has done with, uh, with a rate hike of 50 basis points? Yeah, a couple of things. One is that they're actually raising rates, right? I mean, I remember somebody was saying there's going to be zero rate hikes. I mean, that's what, that's what thing that comes up. I'll let you respond to that one. Zero. Like this. So maybe that was three or maybe it was zero. I don't know. So should we should we read into this? Should we read into this that they're gonna do seven, seven times half a percent? So we're gonna go up to like three and a half and higher. No, um, let's let's see, let's see how that goes, right? I mean, yeah, the the 
the market is rolling over today after the news the, the the price rallied a little bit it wasn't a massive rally you know it's not like an overwhelming i mean it's still early we're still just a couple of hours after the announcement but it doesn't really seem to to push through um yeah and it's funny because they're raising rates you'd expect like more uh, um, more of a slump right like they're raising rates so the market's supposed to go down instead it rallied on the news because they said they're not thinking about the 75% basis point hike. Okay, I don't I don't know. You know, another thought is here is this one guy, you know, on a scheduled meeting that is like moving the markets on uh, you know like the whole world is at his lips and he gets to wave his magic wand. Something they discussed like before. You know, a lot of people know what he's going to say. I mean, that's a lot of power and that's a lot of restraint you're asking from uh, from people. Yeah. So those are my initial thoughts. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think it's interesting because, yes, I did call zero rate hikes and I'm wrong. And I can admit being wrong. And I think what's really interesting was that the markets did, like, normally when there's a rate hike, that means that money is going to be more expensive. Uh, and so when the cost of money is more expensive, normally that uh, makes markets go down, but the markets went up. And uh, something that Marcus was saying before we got on was uh, there were some people that were forecasting a 75% or a 75 basis point hike instead of a 50 basis point hike. And so because it was only 50 basis points, uh, the market rallied. So a lot of the what's really interesting about the stock market, which was something that I had no idea about before I started studying uh, and money, was that a company could so if you're looking at a stock price of a certain company their stock price going up is all based on expectations so if the market is expecting them to miss their number and they they miss their number but they but they miss it they still get better than what the market thinks that they were going to get their stock price will go up but if if they actually have a good quarter of sales and the stock market is predicting that they're going to have a better, even better price, even a better quarter, then their price, then their stock price will go down. And so it's really interesting that stocks are mainly a lot of things are priced in before it actually comes to fruition. And so I think this is something that's really interesting about what happened with the Fed is that the Fed ended up. Uh, they ended up raising rates, but they didn't raise rates as high as some people had, had predicted. And because they didn't raise it as high as some people had predicted, then the markets, uh, they liked that and the markets went up on that. So uh, I think the biggest reason is that Jay Powell, who's the chairman of the Federal Reserve, and all the people in the Federal Reserve, right, they, they, have, to, they have to do this because of inflation is so high. So they have to at least look like they're, they're, they're doing something <laughs> against inflation. And if they don't do this, then, then it, it just looks like from, from an optics perspective that they don't care about inflation at all, which who knows if they really do care about inflation. Yeah. I was uh, I was here just you know what I love about Twitter is that you know everybody's always um, sharing like great insights you know and we were just talking about Preston Fish on the pod as well you know he he'll compare the stock market when and instead of pricing it in U.S. dollars he'll price it in gold yeah 
and if you if you look at that image, it's it's crazy because we're used to seeing things like the S and P five hundred and Nasdaq just going from the left bottom corner, just go up to to up to the right, you know, some corrections in between. If you actually price it in something that's scarce, you know, like gold, it's pretty much flat, and you have like these 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 pumps, and then it just goes back to flat. You know, it's like it's just sideways. It's um, it's just one, you know, you just, these kind of announcements just make, it's just a great display of how manipulated our system is, right? I mean, these guys get to sit at the, at these board meetings, deciding how much money they're either going to pump into the market or some kind of how take it back out or tighten it out of the market. And knowing that everybody's watching them and, you know, they're just like playing with our, <laughs> with our, yeah. with our system, right? Like we're living in a system where all all dependent on the financial system. We all need money to transact, to run our businesses, you know, to do international trade, and and we trust these 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 yeah almost single person entities to like make these massive decisions and just shift shift the futures and and the past around as if it's nothing. It's crazy. So I'm so happy to to, to have Bitcoin, where you just know the protocol decides what's going to happen and uh, it's set in stone and you get to opt out of this nonsense and hold your own hardest money and, and just watch the clown show unfold. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because there's so many people that don't know how interest rates are even created. You know, like recently, a lot of uh, mortgages, the interest rate on mortgages are going up and people notice that, but they don't understand that it all starts with the Fed and then the Fed is raising rates. And so and maybe they understand that, but then they don't like understand well why does the fed get to decide this who gave them the authority they weren't even voted in and so yeah it's just like exactly what you're saying there's so much central control that's out of the hands of of your average american or average citizen of the world and because even when this happens this doesn't just affect the united states this affects you know a lot of the the markets across the world and so i think it's it's just really interesting that when when there is an alternative like Bitcoin that's outside of the purview and the control of anyone, then uh, then that's a better alternative. And so having something that can be controlled by a few or having something that can't be controlled by anyone, uh, it makes sense to have your money be not controlled by by anyone, especially when, you know, like we're just watching the people who control it. Uh, you know, the Fed has two they have two mandates. And so one mandate is price stability and the other mandate is to have full employment. And so I think that's what a lot of people don't realize. There's two, they have two specific functions. Um, while the Central Bank of, of Europe only has one, man, one mandate and their mandate is price stability and they don't even have the full employment uh, mandate. So the Fed, the Federal Reserve, the whole thing about them is they have the dual mandate. They want to keep prices steady. They don't want to have, see massive inflation or massive deflation. And then they also want to make sure that there's high employment. But the thing about high employment is what's their main tools? They have two tools that they use to do these things. One of them is to raise or lower the interest rates like they raised rates today. They raised rates by 50 basis points. And the other thing that they can do is to print money. And so normally, if you want full employment, 
what the Fed will do if there if there's a high unemployment, what the Fed will do is they'll they'll turn the money printer on and the lower interest rates because that'll make cheaper money. And if there's cheaper money, then more businesses are willing to take out loans. More business businesses are willing to make uh, are willing to make uh, gambles or or bets or or risk. Uh, and so they'll hire more people. And they'll, they'll try to fulfill, they'll try to fill employment that way. But when you do that, then that causes inflation. And so when there's lower interest rates uh, and your, the money printers turn on, that's what's causing high inflation. And so that's why what's interesting, right? So I don't know what, what's your take on this, right? The Fed has said before, we didn't see this type of inflation coming when, when they, in, after COVID, when they turned the money printer on and they lowered interest rates. But now that we have that inflation, what are they doing to combat inflation? They're lowering the, they're, they're raising the interest rates. So how could they not see that? That's like, that's my question, right? How could the Fed, how could they say that they didn't see this type of inflation coming by lowering interest rates and printing money? But then when it comes time for this inflation and it's here, what are they doing to combat inflation? They raised the interest rates, so they had to have known. What do you? What are your thoughts on that? Oh, so much thoughts, and uh, you know, it almost seems as if the Fed is there to confuse you. <laughs> it's you know, like uh, if if you're not into finance, uh, you're probably like turned off the minute you know you hear the first ten words of what Jerome Powell has to say. It's it's it's. Per, per, um, uh, purposefully confusing language meant to, you know, zone, tune out people that, you know, they're not trying to make it easy for you to understand and clear because it's a lie. That's what it comes down to, right? They, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Uh, it goes far and I don't want to go like, uh, you know, like, because we're here on Bitcoiners Guide, you know, so I don't want to jump from like zero to a hundred. But, you know, what all I can say is when you just look at Bitcoin, it just makes it simple again, right? Because if you, everybody can understand, like if you're playing Monopoly, right? And we need to, we need to have a ledger about who owns what, you know, and who owns what to whom and how much money there is in the system. Money is just a, a, a means, you know, you're not, you cannot create more goods by printing money. You cannot create more wealth by printing money. You know, it's just uh, uh, something we use to account and store wealth in. So, the minute they say, you know, we can we can solve the job market by printing money, you know, that's like a <laughs> it's always been like a big mystery to me, and it still is a mystery. Like, how does that work? You know, it's like okay, so you're just gonna inject a bunch of like. <laughs> funny money into the system and like boost certain areas of the economy without actually it just sounds unfair to me you know and it sounds like you're creating something it's like you're taking a, a, a you're trying i'm bad at these examples but it's not a very precision way of creating jobs right it's just like let's just print a bunch of money and so yeah yeah and it, those those are my thoughts uh, you know like true bitcoin it's like okay it makes complete sense yeah. um with every you know every time you give an or a government or a, a body of government or an individual any kind of power to, to to make these kind of impact 
you're gonna have unintended consequences. You actually, you know, like you're you're steering this, you're injecting stuff into this massive, yeah, economy ecosystem. That what are you even doing? You know, like what what kind of problems are you creating elsewhere? And exactly, this is they'll they'll explain it as yeah, we 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 understand everything, and this is the best. But I think it's better to let the market resolve it, right? I mean, um, and by having, by having, it starts with having a money you can rely on. And what they're doing is they're, they're making money unreliable by constantly changing the rules. Yeah, and it's, and it's super obvious to anyone that's studying money that all, all of the markets are manipulated and it's because the thing that we're measuring the markets with is the manipulation. The dollar is the manipulation. And I think that's the whole thing about the Cantillon effect is that is the, is when money gets printed, whenever, whenever there's inflation, uh, the people that are closer to the money printer benefit from the money printer. And the people who are further away from the money printer or further down the line from the money printer are punished by the money printer. And that only makes sense because as the as money is printed and it's given to a select few, it's still not felt in the broad supply of money. But then once it makes its way down to the people at the bottom, now that money is in full circulation, it's gone through multiple hands, the, the broad supply of money is felt that way. So a lot of times inflation, when money is printed, Inflation doesn't go up right away. It takes, you know, it takes a year, 18 months for it to actually make its way around. And so that's what that's what we're seeing right now with what happened in 2020 with COVID. Trillions of dollars were printed. Now in 2022, we're feeling those effects of, of the UBI checks uh, that were given to every citizen of, of the, the, PP, the PPP money that was given to businesses. So, and this is the whole Cantillon effect. Those who are closer to the money printer benefit from the money printer. And that's just unfair because those who are further away from the money printer, they're punished by it. And that's, so it's a proof of stake system versus a proof of work system or proof of work is to make your money. It's, it's not just, you don't just press a button and it's given willy nilly to anyone but you actually uh, you actually have the money and uh, you have to work for it. So I think that's what's really cool. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just uh, the money is is corrupted. And so there is a better option right now with Bitcoin. And you mentioned uh, the mandates of the Federal Reserve and also the European Central Bank. And you're completely right. The United States, they have a dual mandate, you know, the, um, the job market and the, um, and the interest rates. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, the inflation. Um, in, the, in the European Union, they have only one mandate. But if you listen to what they're actually talking about all the time, it sounds like they have two mandates. You know what I'm getting at? ESG. <laughs> they're always talking about the environment and climate change. And it's really funny because in one of the most recent, uh, we discussed that uh, podcast, remember where the IMF director was saying like, we, uh, we often don't think true of our actions and the law of unintended consequences. Yes. During that, during that same panel debate, um, 
somebody posed the question uh, to Christine Lagarde, the head of the, the European Central Bank, about um, the uh, European, the, the strength of the euro against the dollar. And she was really quickly to dismiss that question. No, 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 that's not part of our mandate. That's not something we monitor. <laughs> that, that was it. Right. And I had to laugh so hard because I'm like, okay, you see how strict she is on the line on that front? She uses yes. that to say it's not our mandate. So nice question. I'm not going to answer it. But if you ask them, why are you so interested in the environment? Is that a mandate of yours? They just ignore. They never answer that question. But they keep hammering on the importance of the climate. And we have to do something about the climate. Yes. Yeah. Something and, to, to... The ESG, it's so funny because it's just another, there's always going to be something where it can't be proven if it's 100% sure or not. And ESG is more than just climate, where it's environment, um, environment, uh, I can, yeah. something with this, with, uh, now I'm going to, now you're making me look it up. Social governance. Social, yes, social governance. Is that environmental, social, and corporate governance. So I think that is what's funny about it is that it's more than just uh, the environment. I think more than anything, it's more about the social and corporate governance and how to centralize everything and to make everyone compliant uh, on the same things. And when they do that, it just, it just creates another layer where the people at the top stay at the top for no other reason than that they're at the top it's it's just another it's it's like having nobles or having magistrates or having these these certain uh you know um royalty it's almost like having royalty in charge and safety is you know i remember he was on the podcast last week and he was saying that royalty would be good but you don't monarchy. want monarchy. Monarchies, yeah. Yeah, monarchy would be good. <laughs> and who knows, right? But you don't want to have people that are in that are just making a bunch of money for the. Right. All right, let me listen. What what happened here? To break it down, you know, like why are they talking about the environment so much? What I see here in the Netherlands is that one of the the biggest banks here in the Netherlands, the Rabobank, I think it's like the biggest in the Netherlands just introduced carbon credit points in the in the banking app so clients of the bank it's optional but all rabobank clients were able to put this check mark yes i want this or not and then they get to see behind every purchase behind every statement you know like on your on your banking app every purchase you do or every thing you spend it automatically calculates the amount of carbon um, that is associated with that so it's giving you now insight of course with the story well, listen, you know, this is supposed to be good for the climate because now you can see what kind of purchases and you can do your best to reduce the amount of carbon you're using. What I believe is going to happen is that it starts out freely, but over time, at some point, they're going to introduce this new mandate, whether it's the central bank or the European Union or whatever, uh, and they're going to say, okay, we are going to allow everybody to have that this much carbon credits. And what have you then done? Then you've created a new shitcoin, yes. right? Because all of a sudden, you who gets to give out the carbon credits? Who Never. gets to set the rules for the carbon credit? It's Never. like a new 
form of capture. Maybe I'm just a doom thinker. I don't know, but that's that's my take on it. No, I mean it's that's that's definitely a possibility. And you know, when the government can uh, can steal from you in inflation or through creating their own currency, they will. And I think this is the biggest uh, the biggest fight overall. With Bitcoin is that it's freedom money. It can't be controlled by government. You can't place a mandate on it. And uh, that's like the biggest thing about Bitcoin for me is more than the gains is that it provides freedom and an exit from your government who may try to coerce you and control you by controlling your money. We should, we should get like a screenshot from somebody who, um, who has that um, banking app. So we can see like, okay, I'm, I'm going to buy like um, fast food. I'm going to go to the supermarket, see what the CO2 uh, emissions are behind it. And yeah. then see if they can also calculate when you buy some Bitcoin, what kind <laughs> of <laughs> score you get. What happens, yeah. Well, uh, Marcus, that was a pleasure. Uh, that's about our time right now for today. And uh, that'll be all for today. Thanks everyone for listening in. From Plan Marcus and Big Sean Harris, Bitcoiner's Guide, Episode 11. We're over now. Peace.